Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Joe Wilson. That is Stephen Jones. And today on the program, we have a 90s cover band called Saved by the 90s. And so... Joy! Yes, Joy. And so, for those of us uh, 90s, children of the 90s, uh, it, the concert was, uh, ev- you know every song going in, right? So there's uh, there's some excitement there. Yeah, you sent me the set list, and um, although I was unable to attend the actual show, I, I knew every single song that was on the set list. I mean, it was, you know, it was... <clears throat> It was really the peak of radio, uh, the 90s. I mean, there was obviously, there were new mediums of music. uh, And I would say, you know, I would say that obviously radio was the 50s and 60s. It was a little more relevant because people didn't have cassettes or Betamax. There was no way to really listen to recordings. So you had to only listen to radio. But I think the reason that the 90s radio was really at its peak um, is because the pop pop music machine was, um, was in full swing. And, uh, and they had enough different types of music. The genres had expanded and from what was you know popular when my parents were kids to what it was in the 90s. There was just this huge spectrum of music that was all very popular and all of it was well known. So it's one of the things that I thought was really fun about the set list you sent is that it was every genre of music. They did LL Cool J covers and you know, they did the Fresh Prince cover and they did uh, all kinds of really fun stuff. Um, from what I saw, and that that I imagine that that was pretty awesome to see. I, I would have enjoyed being there and singing along to every every single one of those songs. Because even if you don't want to know the words to Ace of Base, you I do. saw the sign. You still know all the words to Ace of Base. I saw the sign. And even if you don't admit that you sing it in the shower, you you sung it in the shower. <laughs> oh, I'm saying I saw the sign for years. Ask, you can ask my wife. Uh, I still I, sing that song. I remember sixth grade. Yeah, I, I mean singing that song. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was annoying when I first heard yeah. it. When I was in sixth grade, I was like, "That song sucks." But uh, as an adult, I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a piece of our, our youth, and so a lot of, I mean, getting to kind of re-encompass that in um, in this setting where um, they played at Slims, and they'll talk about it a little bit in the interview. But they're hoping to set up kind of a, a residency at Slims and play a show um, every month there. That'd be cool as shit, man. I'd love to see them the next time they go through. Yeah, check them out again uh, sometime for sure. Um, and before we get in, uh, too far into uh, talking about that, um, let's let's tell the folks at home where they can find us, Joe. They can find us on Twitter at Concert Pipeline, and they can find us on Facebook at Concert Pipeline Pod, and they can find us on Periscope, where we will be streaming shows live and tweeting when we're streaming our shows at concert pipeline so it, we made it real easy for you as steven jones would like to say we make it easy yeah so even if i can't make it to the show steven jones can periscope it and i can watch it at home so you can watch from home with with the wifey that's right yep well, get her in on this pod I, i'm looking forward to kind of hearing your thoughts on the periscope because it's something i'm still trying to figure out i think there are some flaws in um, in the app and hopefully that'll be corrected in future generations like it's made to be recorded in uh, portrait mode and you and I have talked before about shooting video <laughs> in portrait mode and what a pet peeve that is for me I think that you know a lot of people a lot of people hate it it's like the top comment on YouTube on any video that's filmed in, in portrait mode you're losing two thirds of your video screen by, by doing that and Right, and you can't shoot anything really, yeah, except a person, one person, and so uh, it's it's made for that, and and it's encouraging that 
horrible, horrible behavior uh, in people <laughs> and society. And I've told you, I, like at concerts, when people are shooting in portrait mode, I want to go and turn their phone sideways. And, <laughs> and yeah, I know, I know. You talked about it when we were uh, when we were hanging out at the uh, Bottle Rock. You were like, "Oh my God, all these people in their fucking <laughs> portrait mode." And and uh, like, dude, relax. In a thousand years from now, aliens will come back and see that video, and they'll be like, "These stupid humans are ridiculous." They will judge, they will judge our race harshly. <laughs> they will by our portrait mode. Yes, exactly. Uh, some of our videos will end up on uh, Deep Space Nine, and they'll be like, "What stupid motherfuckers they were back in 2015." <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll probably think we're stupid motherfuckers for all the savage, pathetic shit that we do. Don't forget that humans on Star Trek are a slightly evolved version of the humans we have now with more of our strengths and fewer of our weaknesses. And they've given up our greatest weakness, greed. Except for the Ferengi. Well, the Ferengi aren't human. No, this is true. And their entire culture is built around it. But they, it's funny. There's, um, I, don't know if there's an, I don't know if you've gotten there yet. There's an episode in Deep Space Nine where the Ferengi go back in time to 1940s Earth. Not there yet. It's called Little Green Men. It is fucking awesome uh and i'm not going to talk to you about it till you see it okay <clears throat> so yeah. we'll leave that cliffhanger out there for the uh, for the real fans of the podcast who like to listen to me talk about star trek endlessly yeah that's a, that's for a different podcast right uh yeah when you get to that episode we'll pod about that episode specifically what what season is that in i wonder uh, i i believe it's season four okay i believe Says, uh, season four episode seven yep got it boom you like that like it like it so that's uh that's next season I'm that good so, i'm that good look oh. at this look at this cat i've got a cat stephen jones and i facetime typically when we are potting because it feels then we're like we're having a conversation and uh even though i point the camera at the ceiling most of the time uh i have a cat who is love 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 and then he he decides he doesn't want it anymore and he attacks i've it's seen your delicious. arms it's uh pretty brutal cat's an asshole he is so anyway, Carl, I'm gonna throw you off the balcony and say say it was an accident. That's that's cats though for you. You know what I mean? They'll they'll love it. They'll love it, and then they'll be like, "Nope, I'm done. I'm out of here. You're you're pissing me off." That's right. Cats are weird. Yeah. So so Joe, what was your what was your favorite '90s band? Uh Nirvana for sure. Nirvana. Did they play? Yeah, no doubt. I love Nirvana. I had a giant Nirvana poster on my door, and I had every album. And I knew, I mean, I could never knew what he was saying, but I still knew all the words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nirvana's good. Um, it was but, awesome. Yeah. There's so many great Nirvana, I mean, uh, 90s bands that um, it's hard to kind of pick a favorite. I mean, obviously I'm partial to the Foo Fighters, but I would hardly even call them a 90s band because they're still rocking and kicking ass and taking names and everything. So. Sure, sure. Um, so I think a lot of the the bands that uh that they uh that saved by the 90s played uh, a lot of the songs were kind of, you know not necessarily the, color, the color and the shape huh yeah it, it kind of built the 90s uh but they, they their careers kind of ended uh, you know at the 90s even though even if some of them are still around maybe i don't know for the for the most part there's some that that definitely aren't like green day and yeah but the 90s is really when they came into their own and when you couldn't yeah. fucking get away from it right yeah so the, that's what it was about and even Green Day, I mean, Green Days, they, well, they, they had American Idiot, but their most three, three most recent uh, albums didn't do so hot. So No, nobody even listened to those, but Dookie, come the fuck yeah, on. Yeah, I know. That, 
blue. That was the song that took us out of grunge. Oh, oh yeah. Um, it really was. I mean, if you look at that album and when it came out, like it was like the post grunge thing with with Soundgarden and Nirvana was gone at that point. Um, and there was like there was this kind of like weird limbo. Alice in Chains was still really big. And uh, and then boom, we got um, you know <laughs> we got the transition into uh, into I, I'd say what was modern pop punk. Yeah, totally. And 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 so while we're talking about Green Day, why don't we actually uh, play um, a Green Day song from from the show that night? That uh, I love it. Saved what by song the did they play? We're gonna I don't remember. We're gonna play Longview, Joe. Of course. Of course. Was there any, was there any other song to listen to? I mean, I think that's it. Do it.
So that was Longview by Green Day by Saved by the 90s covered. Nice. They did good. What a fun what a fun cover. Um, did you have Foo Fighters first album that came out in 1995? I want to say I did. Um, what really? Was, the I Color wa- in the Shade was definitely the first album I bought of theirs. Was that is that the name of their first album? No, the first album is um, I think it's just 1995. Yeah, it's self-titled 1995. The second album is The Color and the Shape. Color, spelt with a U, uh, very British, I, uh, which I always thought was funny. Um, yeah, I think favorite I, so- favorite song off of uh, off of uh, that album. Off of Foo Fighters' first album. Well, not the first album, oh. but well, I mean, I, if you didn't have the first album, I mean, Big Me is probably the the song that you knew from that album. Um, I'm not, I'm not good with the early albums and remembering. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, oh, is that funny? No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I. I mean, I. I had it and I listened to it and I. I don't know. It, it didn't get a lot of play at that point in my life, but. Um, but I definitely. I mean, I've always been a huge Foo Fighters fan, but. Um, so then, what's your favorite song off the Color and the Shape? I told you. I just told you. I can't name songs off of. No, okay, all right. So the color and the shape was. Uh, we'll go through the track list. Uh, take a whole. I'll just hold your hand. Here. <laughs> uh, Monkey Wrench was one of the big singles. Uh, My Hero, obviously. Uh, Everlong, and uh, Walking After You. I'd have to say Monkey Wrench is probably my favorite favorite. Really, album. I knew you'd pick the why, fucking worst one. Why would you? <laughs> I why would you? I knew it. Why? The best song on that album is definitely Everlong, but uh, I mean, yeah, that's is, that's the easy answer though. But that is the best album on the song, or song so. on the album. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the right answer is the thing. Did you ever hear the um, the acoustic cover he did on the Howard Stern show? I don't know if I did. I don't think so. I don't. I, Dude, I haven't listened to so a lot Dave of Howard Roll Stern. Did this so, acoustic version of Everlong that fucking he, it gave me chills, man. It was so goddamn good. He's uh, so amazing. I mean, everything he does is. Gold. He but he, gold he, they recorded it on Howard Stern, and then they started playing it on Live 105, and they recorded it on a tape off of the radio. Wow. Yeah, man. It was it was legit. It was it, it still is like maybe my favorite version of that song. You should actually dig that up and play it sometime because it's fucking rad. I'll definitely check it out. And he he just ended uh, Letterman with Everlong, and um and the, a big old Letterman montage at, um, as Letterman went off into the nether really i didn't realize that yeah uh, yeah i've never had to do this acoustic all right well, let's try it oh man that is that cover is fucking tits <laughs> it is so goddamn good i just found the video on youtube uh and i haven't listened to it yet but fuck man our listeners will definitely have to check that out well why don't we listen to it and then come back and talk about it real quick you want to do that okay let's check it out all right. Oh, this will be interesting. Yeah, see if I've you never had to do this acoustic. All right, well, let's try it. First time. Out of the red, out of the head she sang 
always been out of your head, out of my head I sang. And I wonder when I sing along with you, if everything could ever feel this real forever. This good again. Only thing I'll ever ask of you. Gotta promise not to stop when I say when she sang. I'm gonna shorten the breakdown thing. Really? Not even my hero. <laughs> Sorry. It's it's a completely great album. It's a great album, Joe. I mean it, I agree. I agree. Turn it back on. It's on. This. We're rolling. Oh, we're rolling? Okay. All right. <laughs> you were like we're rolling the whole time. <laughs> no. Were we? No. Okay, good. That make I was I was gonna say I would have felt disrespectful. Yeah, no, we no, we we let it go. Um yeah, that was Everlong by uh Dave Grohl and uh, on Howard Stern and um, had to do it. Had to do it. Not to get too far away from the the band that we're featuring in this episode, but I I, uh, I wanted to touch on that because I'm shocked that you've never heard that version. It's so fucking good. It is. It, it was it was really good. I'm 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 a big fan of bands who uh, who don't really do a lot of acoustic, but kind of bringing it acoustic. I mean, and kind of just stripping it down. I mean, that's all. I, I, that's so often so great uh, to see live. Right. I love it. Totally. No, no, I totally agree. Yeah. So that's really cool. So, so why don't we get into the interview um, with uh, Saved Probably by the Probably should. I mean, I guess we can. Um, so, uh, so we did the interview backstage uh, at Slim's uh, before their uh, set, and they were the only band playing. They played two sets that night. Um, they played all the hits, so to speak. And uh, we went. Uh, I went with uh, our good friend Colleen Mermod. And um, and I never invite her to concerts, right? Never. Never. Do I mean, have, do I ever invite her to concerts? Doesn't happen. Never. Never. <laughs> and so I did invite her to this one because. Uh, but you guys did two concerts together this past week. You went to this one, and you went to the one with uh, with her husband. Oh, that's different. I mean, yeah, that's different than something like this, right? I mean, she's going to go support her husband for. Uh, you know, uh, for his show, but um, she's not going to go to any other concert that, you know, for jo- you know Joe Schmo Bam that she isn't she knows nothing about. But right, sh- right, sh- right. But something like this is completely up her alley because it's 
every, she knows every song and the i mean there's no other artist really that she uh that she knows every song of uh except dave matthews band so right yeah so it's this right. and dave matthews band they're the two concerts that the Colleen would uh, go to if I were to in- invite. And so, uh, knowing my friend, I, uh, I I saw Dave Matthews with her uh, like five years ago. Yeah, and what did you think of Dave Matthews? I mean, it was I've off, I've often said that it it was the, one of the best concerts I've ever been to, if not my favorite. He yeah, he's he's really good live. I saw him twelve years ago, maybe. Uh, it had to have Alice been show. No. <laughs> It had to have been uh, 2004, maybe, actually, maybe 11 years. Um, I saw him do a free show in Golden Gate Park with, like, 50,000 people, and um, Santana the came fuck? out. Yeah, free show. You had, to, you had to get tickets online, though, um, so you couldn't just walk up or anything. But um, saw that, you know, from, like, a quarter mile back, and uh, and Carlos Santana came out and jammed for a bit, and it was just a big, like, jam session. His songs will go on for... 10 or 15 minutes a song. Uh, oh, man. He covered uh, Burning Down the House by the Talking Heads. When oh, I saw really? Him. That's awesome. And I actually, uh, I have a record. I have that recording somewhere on some SD card. I, I recorded it. Like, I turned it on because I heard the, you know yeah. how the yeah. song opens up with, like, a little, um, like, you can hear the guitar, like, ding 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 I heard him doing that, and I was like, holy shit, it sounds like he's going to play Talking Heads. And yeah. I fucking... Took I clicked my camera on right as it kicked in like do 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 it was fucking awesome so oh, I have that song cool. in its entirety find it uh I should I really should because holy shit it's fucking money for next pod find it for the next pod <laughs> um, well I know exactly where it is actually I'm I know exactly where it is I I'd have to, it'd be it's gonna take me a little time to see if I can source it off the computer I don't know if that computer still functions yeah um but I'm pretty sure I can get it pretty sure. Okay, if you can get it, we'll listen. We'll give it a listen. That'd be great. Um, that'd be really cool. Uh, I w- burning down the house. The co- uh, one of the coolest versions of that I saw was um, the finale for Home Improvement. Do you remember that? I remember the home the series finale. Yeah, series finale. Home Improvement. I don't wait. Hold on. Um, they had a special guest. No. So they what what they did uh, was they got all of the. Uh, the workers together and uh, they made a construction band in, in, in the tool time set, right? And the, and Morgan, whatever his name is, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the dude with the long kind of, the, he had like the long straight hair. No, he had like a curly fro. Uh, but he, um, he, he was taking over the station and kind of making it all corporate and turn it, you know, turning it into something it wasn't. And so they, uh, on the last show of Tool Time within Home Improvement, they decided to um, set the set on fire and um, burn down the house, so to speak. And they, at the same time, they brought out all these, all the get, uh, a bunch of guests who had been on the show, uh, regulars, Bob Vila, and, um, and and a bunch of others. And uh, they wait, who? Bob Vila from, um, from. I know who Bob Vila is, but it just it was weird the way you said his name. I wanted you to say it again. But the second time you said you said normally you said Vila, but oh, you were okay. like Bob Vila. Vila. <laughs> I don't know the way you said it was funny. Who? Oh, wait, wait, what? No. Yeah, and exactly. so check check that version out um, when you when you have a moment as Home well. Home improvement, we, burning down the house. So all you got to check. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm looking it up. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm fairly certain I've seen this before. I'm sure you have, but it's obviously been over a decade. So. Uh, <laughs> 
time I am, and for the last time, Tim the Jewel Man Taylor. And of course, you all know my assistant, Al, be doing infomercials for a living boring. The best part uh, being that that guy did go on uh, to do infomercials. I'll be doing Family Feud for a minute, Borla. Of course, we all hope to be on to bigger and better things. Uh, as a matter of fact, Al here is getting married this weekend. Great last show for you today. So they, in the show, yeah. they, they kind of made fun of the fact that they knew they were done. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it pretty much, I mean, yeah, that's what they're doing. Uh, 99, I wasn't watching TV anymore. Uh, starting a fire and burning the entire I was a freshman, I was over it. I'm going to show you the right way to do this. Folks, just get a surge protector. Duh. End of segment. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Oh, I know what you're thinking. Come on, last tool time. Just plugging in a toaster. Come on, aren't you going to light anything on fire? Of course we're going to light some on fire. We're going to burn this place down, baby. With everybody that helped us build it. These diehard fans drop whatever they're doing to be in this last tool time with us. Let's have a warm tool time welcome for America's favorite all-tool band, the KMB Boys! These guys are all actors, though. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so, so there's so, a guy, I don't know the fuck Morgan is, but... Morgan's a curly Jufro guy. I, I don't see him anywhere. He's, he's off to the side. Pete, that would be me. Pete, that was the character I was yeah. thinking of. With the, with the beard, right? Yep. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen this. Oh, they're definitely not playing. It was literally one line, Steve. <laughs> they did not cover the song. They played one fucking line, and it didn't sound anything uh, like... You, did you watch the... Was that the whole video? Uh, okay. Just skip ahead. Skip, a, skip farther ahead. No, this guy has two staple guns and he's just yes. shooting them. <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. What the actual fuck, Steve? <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> more cowbell, more cowbell. Yeah, exactly. Every guest he ever had on the show. Uh -huh. Mario Andretti, there you go. Yeah. He's just dancing around with the steering wheel. <laughs> oh, man. It's good that this show was done when it was done. Did cover it. Alright, there you go. <laughs> Burning down the house. Oh, Steve Jones. <laughs> I'm guessing they actually burned this fucking set down. I think afterwards, they, I mean, they use a fire extinguisher and everything, I think, but... No. No. Yeah. Awful. You love it? Just, just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to get that on record. <laughs> you love it? it was, well, I feel dumber having watched that <laughs> fucking scene. <laughs> we are all now dumber for having... <laughs> yes. Anyway, we were oh, about... Dude, it's all good. What are we talking about? We were, we were about to get into an interview. 
Do it. We're here at Slim's with Saved by the 90s. Uh, why don't we go around and kind of introduce ourselves a little bit? I'm Bobby. I play bass and sing. I'm Sarah. I'm the female lead singer. I'm Danny. I sing and play guitar. I'm Greg, and I sing, play guitar, and play keyboards. Very nice. And what? And uh, what rap, and play bass on one song. And, and uh-huh. the male, he's the male lead singer. play tambourine. <laughs> and That's my job. Give funny looks to the drummer. Uh, and the drummer is Zach. Zach is... His last name is Attack. Attack. Zach nice. Attack. He'll be here. And he has a brick phone. He has a brick phone. He does have He's a brick very phone. 90s. Yeah, Zach is literally from the 90s. He's a cartoon character that was drawn and made up. And <laughs> you pretty will, creative. Like, you'll gr- get to meet him. Gorilla style, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. So tell me, how did the band come about? Um, so... I started um, a band out in New York City uh, called Save by the 90s, um, and it grew into the, uh, um, a pretty successful party out there, and we branched out and formed a band in Boston as well, and then I moved out to San Francisco, and uh, through word of mouth or Craigslist, I found these people, um, this awesome group of guys, and we uh, started Save by the 90s out west. So, uh, Nice. So you have so there's a couple of other other ventures on the East Coast going. Any gigs tonight on the East Coast? Is this, uh, is that- not tonight, but last night the New York band played. Uh, there there will be a night, I think, uh, August first, where all three bands are playing at the same time. Nice. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah. So do you fly back and forth? To- Every now and then, yeah. I'm going back to New York and at the end of July, so I'll play a show with that band. Cool. And so you, uh, you mentioned you're trying to get your roots here in the uh, Bay Area, right? And kind of make Slims your, your home. Did you guys kind of grow up coming to Slims, shows at Slims? Uh, so I, I grew up on the East Coast, but yeah. I'll, I'll hand it yeah. over to Bobby. Yeah, I know we have some Bay Area locals. I, yeah, I grew up around here, started playing music maybe about 15 years ago. So I, it's, I've been in Slims both as a as a performer and as an observer. And uh, so it's it's been it's already kind of been a home, I think. Here for me, probably somewhere with Greg too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is actually my favorite venue to play. I've been coming to shows here since probably I was six when they actually let me in the door. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was your first show here? God, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't even venture a guess. You're, you remember your first show at Slims? My first show at Slims. God, who? I don't remember my first show here. Um, uh, performing I, like i know i mean i've been in so many like random local bands and i don't know like god what was my first time playing here i think i did one of those like with my high school band mm-hmm. um i could be wrong actually i don't even know if we played here ever but i think i did one of those like locals night yeah. things that they do and and my band was out of palo alto called choji moji it was like a comical <laughs> we did a punk rock thing for a while but we were just basically we, we actually still make music now and then because it's just me and my best friend and yeah like we just do random I, stuff it's parody and stuff hey the drummer's here we got zach, zach. yeah <laughs> tell, tell him your name oh oh damn we're doing this we're doing hi i'm zach hey zach i love you how are you doing we love you too how big are you how big are you zach um from the face from the, how big? <laughs> too big, too big. That's the right answer. <laughs> how strong? Too strong. Yes. Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. Yes. Uh, first show. First show at Slims. This is my first show at Slims. It is. Have yeah. you? Have you? Well, you kinda, I kind of. Yeah. 
No, no, no. I didn't play last time. Yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. Yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Have you been to shows growing up here at Slims? We're just talking about kind of the residencies that you guys are wanting to do here sort of thing. Yeah, I have. Um, I love it. It's great. It is. <laughs> what was your first show at Slims, do you remember? It was March uh, 19th. Of this year? Of this year, yes. That was my first time here. I oh. moved to the Bay a, a, almost a year ago. Where'd you come from? From Brooklyn, New York. Nice. So you, you, you want to talk? <laughs> so, uh, oddly enough, so when I first moved here, I put out an ad for a bunch of musicians, and I got a response back from Zach uh, about a, a drumming position, and I forwarded him all the information on our website of the band in New York, and he was like, oh, fuck, I've seen you guys play in, in New York. Yeah. I want to be a part of this, you know, and... It was just like he understood the show, understood like the, the the vibe and everything, and we're glad to have Zach a part of the team. <laughs> yes, we are. Very. Totally. Zach is the character. He's he's the. Can I talk? Wait, wait, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the only. <laughs> I'm the only single one. Oh, nice. Which is awesome. Keeps keeps your nights exciting, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's real fun. That's what we do. So our our job is any anybody hits on us, we're all like either married or taken. Yeah. You know, so. So we're like, okay, like... It's like a funnel. It, funnel. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we call it. We call it the funnel. So anyone who hits Route them all to Zach. funnel them to Zach. Yes. Well, we pre-screen them. We get their information. <laughs> we test yeah. them. Make sure they're yeah. clean. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually, they, they helped me a lot last show. We had a show in Sacramento a few weeks ago. Can I talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Of course. Right. Now you have so, to. You can't start. So, um, <laughs> like, we did a two-set thing. So we had, like, yeah. ten minutes in between. And in between sets... Um, I like really stupidly hit on this one blonde girl, but like she's down because I'm cute when I drum, and uh, and she like was gonna buy me a shop, and then I got pulled back into the green room because we were about to start the second set, and then I do this thing before every time before we play, I want it that way. I call it out to the hottest girl in the class, say, "Yo, this one's for you," and like, ooh, and so after the show, I started making out. I brought like the I wanted that way around to the back room. And we were like hanging out, making out. I convinced her to not sleep at her friend's house who like lived next door and to like drive me home like 15 minutes with her. Uh-huh. But then all of a sudden the bouncer's like, yo, Zach, uh, this girl bought you a shot from outside. It was the blonde girl uh-huh. from the from inside. Um, and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Cause I had blonde and I had uh-huh. this, and I also needed a place to stay because we were spending the night in Sacramento. Yeah. So um Danny and his fiance helped me out, Lauren, and uh I ended up picking the <laughs> blonde girl. Good, good. And we still talk. It's fun hey. stuff. Yeah. Good good choice. Congrats. And you found a place to stay that night. And I found a place to you stay. You did. Yeah. And I feel really bad telling the other girl, oh, wait, sorry. Uh, but you, Do you really, though, Zach? Yeah. Do you? yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So uh, so what made you guys want to uh, join this band? What, what was it that called out, you know, uh, hey, I want to play 90s music? Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is my question. Um, I actually had previously tried doing 90s music probably about six years ago. Well, pretty much for the last six full years. And the the project um, just basically you know, ran its course and came to an end. And I was for months searching and searching for what I wanted to do, what my next step was, what I really wanted to you know, get back into. And then just randomly... I get uh, get in touch with Danny here, and he's like, "Hey, you know, we have this '90s band." I was like, "Well, I guess it's a sign from the universe, you know. Yeah. I already know all these songs, and you know, just jump right back into it and kind of without skipping a beat." Yeah, just came right back to it. 
Yeah. So tell me about the the '90s for you guys. What What do you remember from the '90s? I remember the most. Do you go for it? <laughs> I think you do. I, I probably remember the most being the oldest and wisest in the band. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I, the funny th- thing to me is I also tried to start some '90s stuff prior, like before hearing about this band and. I, I wasn't really like familiar with what like kind of went uh, what songs went over well with the crowd, especially nowadays. So when, to me, when I think of '90s, I think of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, kind of stuff like that. Grunge. Which actually like grunge kind of stuff, which is from my my youth. Like I mean, I was in fifth grade when Kurt Cobain died. You know, it was like that was my childhood and. Apparently that stuff actually it's not party music. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really not. I mean it's great music, but it's not party music. It's later nineties stuff and like Britney Spears and stuff like those, which is all great. Um that's the stuff that goes over well. And then I actually knew Greg from we had done a lot of previous like bands too. Random we were in projects. Yeah, yeah. Like always running into each other. And it was it was actually hilarious. So I joined this band and then uh, at one point Danny found Greg. And he's like, Oh yeah, I got this keyboardist guy coming in and he's cool. His name is Greg and I'm like his name's Greg. <laughs> I was like, I know him. And like I, before this, actually, at one point, like Greg and I got together at his apartment and talked about doing '90s cover band stuff. And like, so it's it, it, same thing. It's just like, uh, but yeah, the '90s to me were a little more like grungy esque. Like I, I mean, I everybody at that point was dressing like ripped jeans and long hair. <laughs> I, I don't know. That was like my middle school years. You know, like the early mid '90s. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, for me, it was pretty much the same. I, I listened to a lot of random, like, alternative stuff and pop stuff and even a lot of rap, too. But um, my mainstay during the 90s was definitely, like, the whole grunge and kind of alternative, heavier stuff. Yeah, yeah Silverchair is one of my favorite bands of all time. And, uh, yeah, we... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That was me. I had the hardest time when I first started doing 90s music with a previous band is just all the songs I wanted to do were all the ones that nobody wanted to hear live. So mm-hmm. like Rage Against the Machine yeah. and Presidents of the United States of America, Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff's so great. It's yeah. so fun to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun uh, taking different approaches and, and finding uh, songs that you like even back then you know you have those catchy songs even if you like them or not you haven't listened to them in 10-15 years you still know every last word (laughs) (laughs) as soon as it starts you just hear that first chord and you're like wow that's I don't even have to practice that song I could sing it I have a few of those Uh, for me it was just like reliving my middle school years Uh, Britney Spears Christina Aguilera all that I didn't Spice Girls for sure (laughs) You did spice yeah, up your life. I don't even have to practice those songs. <laughs> 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 yeah. So when I actually Danny's Craigslist posting was the first posting I saw on Craigslist. Um, so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so, bandit first sight. <laughs> I actually don't have a lot of experience. I've never been in a band before, so for me, I was just like, I I want to do something. I've always sang. I love singing. I've just never done anything about it. Um, so when on Craigslist, first posting I saw. Saw that it was 90s music, and I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> so your, your first time on stage with the band, tell me about, about that, and how, how did it feel? Did it feel right? That was an interesting time. It was here at Slim's, um, and it was nice. with the New York band when they came, um, Nat and Danny and Alex. Yeah, so I was the only one 
on stage that I didn't ha know what I was doing, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but Danny assured me that it would you know, benefit me because if I messed up, then they would carry the, the song with me and they would adjust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, it didn't actually, I don't think I messed up. No, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone was kind of worried I would um, kind of, you know, yeah. I, I would look a little nervous and scared, but I got up there Probably and crushed. yeah. Nailed I can it, say myself, right? I crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, think I felt really I, comfortable. As an observer, I, I heard, yeah, I heard a lot of like, because I was an observer that night. I played one song because it was the New York band. Yeah. And like, everybody was kind of unsure. Oh, this is her first show. Like, <laughs> Making her feel awkward. Yeah, right? like, well, I always said to her. You I, know, I felt then, it. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, in New York band, I was talking to some of those guys. They're like, oh, man, we, like, they don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? <laughs> Like, first song, she goes out there. She's not even singing in the song. She just goes out on stage and starts dancing. And it was like, yeah, okay. everybody's just like, she's a pro. Yeah. <laughs> just like, she knew what she was doing. It was great. I, I thought it was awesome. It definitely felt right. What's, what's the song that kind of really gets people going, like, and, and moving? I don't know. Danny would know. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, a bunch, you know. Uh, my personal favorite to play is Semi Charm Life. That's been a, a, a my favorite song, like gr growing up, and uh, and the crowd just goes wild with it. I mean, I'm gonna be uh, 500 miles by, by the Proclaimers yep. is always a really fun one. I interviewed them twice. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I talked to them about being a one-hit wonder as well, and they. <laughs> I did. They, they have no, they, they have no qualms about where they're, you know, what got them there. You know, exactly. They they appreciate that song for everything it's given them, right? And and uh, they're twins, right? So it's, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's funny when when one would talk, they you know they'd be focused on you, and the other would have their head down, you know, sort of thing. It, it, it was it was interesting. Actually, I interviewed them both times here at Slims. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that's fun. 500 miles yeah. I want to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so have you guys gotten to meet any of these 90 artists that you that you cover um, I, I did in New York so uh, we, we would have uh, guest performers come all the time uh, we had the lead singer from Harvey Danger uh, come on stage and he, he sang flagpole sitter with us we had um, we've had Screech, which is kind of weird to talk about now. Before, but before uh, yeah. arrest, right? Before stab. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. Um, and we've had Mr. Belding with us. We've had. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, the guy, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who raps on Everybody Dance Now. Who Who is that? I should know that. Yeah. Yeah. He has a name, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Williams? Uh, I forget. Yeah, I'll go with it. Um, yeah, we've definitely played with a few guys. Oh, the, um, uh, the guy from the Spin Doctors. Oh, that, yeah. That was my favorite one. I interviewed him last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Spin Doctors. They, were, they played at Napa at Bottle Rock, so I interviewed oh, cool. them. I, I, actually, I interviewed Smash Mouth last year at Bottle Rock as well. And, Don't uh, that guy, man. What was that? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he will go postal on you. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's funny. I, I was talking to him about uh, like when I was growing up. They were Smash Mouth was unfortunately one of my favorite band, first bands. You know, <laughs> yeah. when I knew nothing about music, and and so I told him and he apologized for it, and <laughs> sort of thing. So I, I think they know kind of their place in this world. Yeah, <laughs> in the, except when it comes to a loaf of bread. Apparently. Right, right. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, the only people I've met are the two brothers from Lit. Um, the Pop-Off brothers. Sunshine. Yeah. 
No, lit. No, no, that's lit. Lit. No, no, no. You should do that song. That's, that's 90s, right? Butter tarts. <laughs> she like butter tarts? <laughs> I remember. Apparently that song doesn't really go well. Yeah, it doesn't. From what I've heard. Really? Yeah, maybe. I think also, like, we're going to find out, too, because, like, we don't know. Like, I think New York, like, crowd is totally different than the SF crowd, yeah. too. So we're still going to – maybe there's some songs that don't work there that will work here. Yeah, and, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. I haven't met any of the – Bands that we play, but I I did meet Bare Naked Ladies. I, I think maybe someday we'll do like, uh, yeah. I I actually met them, like they were really big in Canada, mm-hmm. and not really big here. This was before Stunt came out, and like yeah. I had a friend that I was actually like, like had gotten close with them, and so like I, like I hung out with them like a few number of times really? when they were in the area, and I was like, let's go get dinner and stuff, and I was just like, dude, this is the best thing in my life. And I was little too. I yeah. was like. 16 like yeah i was like yeah this guy had to be like 98 no, yeah it was, it was like yeah maybe earlier than that to me for me too because it was like but they were like so awesome so yeah. friendly oh, and they, like yeah and i got I, I just became a total fan after i met them and stuff and i just got all their cds and they stuff. they put on a good live performance yeah. i saw them with guster and the proclaimers actually also yeah it turns yeah. out that their their biggest song is like one I hate the most. Right. <laughs> it's, it's probably the one we're gonna play if we, <laughs> one week. Like I, yeah. I just I think that's like their I weakest still, song. I still love that song. You like? I, I think it's so goofy. They have like such it's like goofy. amazing like yeah. pieces that are just yeah. like so good as as well as being silly and awkward. As they they, they kick the lead singer out of the band. You know, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, he Dirt has for cocaine. Drugs, yeah issue yeah so they're they're still playing too yeah though, without they played it. bottle rock last year as well so yeah. t- tons of these just 90- going with just it was 90s theme kind of last year bought yeah. for bottle rock it was How really, weird. really weird he hit on me oh how'd that go at the oh, airport yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of stalked me <laughs> how'd that go i was like 19 years old mm-hmm. i was on the same flight as him from tokyo to la and i was transferring to san francisco we arrived in la he hit on me he's like it was actually new year's eve so he was like you should come and hang out at my place for new year's eve i'll fly you back in the morning and i was wow. like i'm um, okay i think i'm gonna go back to san francisco <laughs> <It's presumption. laughs> his no no it wasn't actually um and i said no so you know he knew where i was going i told him i was going to san francisco and i had to go to the terminal whatever terminal i was going to i went to that terminal went to domestic he was freaking there i was like hi and he was like hey so you sure you don't want to come to it's pretty desperate huh yeah i was really shocked and like cool are you falling pretty As I, mean, I walk through the valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, that, that's all I got, you know? <laughs> I didn't, yeah, he just played the uh, San Jose County Fair. Really? Oh, that's, that's when you, you know you're doing well, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to go from, like, number one, one-hit wonder, like, oh all this stuff, God. and then, like, to go play the free county the fair, fair show. Yeah. <laughs> like, can, can I play with you, Weird Al, Amish Paradise, please? You guys know? Yeah. Come on, you know my song. You know Amish Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> that one that Amish Paradise is on. <laughs> it sounds like Amish Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was nice enough, but he was—he yeah. de- definitely was a little bit, you know, out there. A little bit out there. <laughs> a little bit out there. That's so, yeah. You never know. He's, popu- he's popular really in Japan, popular. apparently. It would have been like he like lives in a shack and like he's like offered you some like dried beans to eat. <laughs> like what's happening? <laughs> that would be my luck. I'm like, yeah, a party. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. 
so, so tell me about the two sets. Why why do we have two sets in, during our show? A lot of songs. Lots of songs to play. Yeah. It's not that we need a break. Yeah. It's no. that the crowd needs a break. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just, you know, uh, we have like a big uh, step and repeat in a photo, a photo booth, so it gives time for people to take pictures and... You know, we can go out there and take pictures with people too, and you know, it gives people just time to kind of chill out, dance, dance with the DJ, have a few drinks, and then prep for for round two. You know, we did that uh, in Santa, Santa, Sacramento. Sacramento. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, it was didn't change anything. It was awesome. Both sets were great. People were waiting. Yeah. DJ plays in between, and so they're just it was great. Yeah, um, it's it's just we were playing all night, so. Sure. Yeah, it's just it's just us that's playing tonight, you know. So rather than like mul having multiple bands, we're the only band, so they want, the venue wants two sets, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, well, that's all I got for you guys. You have anything else you want to add? I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have much, but uh, definitely uh, check us out on Facebook, Sip of the Nineties, and the on 90s Twitter. Are radical, radical dude. They, they are. They are. They'll, yeah. be, they'll be around forever, but, right? But no, it's so. slang, man. Tubular. Tubular. Catch you on the flippity flip side. <laughs> there it is. Cool. Well, yeah, I know, right? Well, thanks, guys, for, for doing Moto that. Surf. <laughs> that was the interview with Saved by the 90s. We're going to have a couple more songs by Saved by the 90s. A couple covers, of course. That's what they do. Um, that we're going to get into here um, in just a moment. So um, let's talk about the artists that we're going to listen to. Uh, first off, um, we're going to play two songs here in just a moment, but we'll talk about them a little bit first since they're bands that everyone knows. Uh, mm -hmm. Notorious B.I.G., Joe. You can't call that a band. That's an artist. It's artist, a band artist, yeah. What about him? What do, uh, well, so we're going to listen to Mo Money. Are you a fan of Notorious really? B.I.G., Joe? Yeah, oh, who doesn't love Notorious B.I.G.? I mean, he... The thing about... So, Mo Money, Mo Problems is a fucking great song, but the thing about Notorious B.I.G. is that he fucking... He... Essentially, he launched an entire genre of rap music. I mean, his style... It, it, it coincided with Tupac Shakur, but his style was unique. It, he was the transitional figure between... I don't want to say cheesy, but let's just call it old school rap, old school hip hop. Turned into, it's kind of turned into an abomination. Not to be, not to be uh, hating on his legacy, but you know he was kind of one of the first flashy hip hop artists who was between him and Puff Daddy or Sean Puffy Combs or P Diddy or whatever the fuck his name is these days. Yeah. Uh, the two of them popularized the the kind of rampant party attitude of the of the successful rap group and um his, but uh, his flow still stand his his flow will still stand as one of the best ever and he clearly died too young um which is just fucking sad but this song is great and i'm pretty sure this is the one that features mace is it um... you remember mace i don't know who uh, i don't know if you know who mace is but mace had mace had an album in the 90s that was a lot of fun too I'm not familiar with Mace, no. Oh, um, you. Oh, you. You don't know a single song by Mace? I mean, if you... I, I might. I'd have to hear it. <laughs> I don't know offhand. But uh, but this song was... I mean, it's pretty impressive to see a band cover this song because it's pretty fast-paced. And, I mean, there's a lot of lyrics involved. And... Um, <laughs> 
What you know about going out? Head West, Red Legs, TV. All up in the headrests. How do you not know that song, Steve Jones? Because I didn't have a big R&B presence. It's not R&B, hip-hop. that's hip-hop, but that's okay. Hip-hop. Yep. No, that's okay. Yeah, that would be why. So That's okay. Now you now you know. You should go back and you should listen to the all of the, the artists out of Harlem World. Okay. You send me a list of names and uh, I'll check them out. Okay. Just yep. so you can I yeah. mean, you just no. be complete. You know, the thing that's beautiful about the music is that it's that you can quest but you'll never reach the top. Yeah, oh yeah. No. I mean, uh, you know, I mean I've grown a lot in my music taste, you know, over the past decade plus. You you uh you know, uh, that's obvious, but um, I don't know everything, and there's genres that I haven't hit on that much. And uh, you were a big hip hop fan for a while, and you got me into a little bit. One Below is an artist that um, we collectively like together, and I interviewed him in a blackout in San Francisco, which was really memorable for for me. Um, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done. Oh, totally. It was crazy, um, and it was it was so cool at the same time, and so and getting to see him. Um, play songs live after um, after that blackout was really incredible. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm open to it. I like uh, some of it. I've just haven't explored it too much, and I'll be honest about that. So, sure. So, uh, so some homework for Steve, um, and then the other. Uh, there's always homework for both of us. <laughs> always homework. Speaking of homework, speaking of homework. Well, let's listen to the song that you were going to feature with. The, I know I keep cutting you off. It's because okay. I keep there's rabbit holes and I keep getting distracted. It's okay. We forgive you. And then what we'll, was the song? The second song that we'll listen to here. More money, more problems. We're, we're going to listen to "More Money, More Problems," followed by Alanis Morissette. Uh, you ought to know. Hell yeah.
I'm Bobby. I'm Sarah. I'm Zach. I'm Greg. And I'm Danny. And you're listening to Save by the 90s on Concert Pipeline. Woo! Okay, so that was Alanis Morissette, um, and uh, 
Um, that's one. A bunch of the artists that they played, a bunch of artists from the '90s. I mean, they're artists that I've met and kind of interacted with, with over the years. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at their set list now, uh, and uh, they they played Smash Mouth. We'll get. We'll actually close the show out with All Star. Uh, yay! Yay! My that, favorite that, ever. That's for you, Joe. <laughs> it's my favorite ever. We'll, we'll do that in a bit. Um, uh, Blink One Eighty Two. They played. I met them a couple of times. Uh, Alanis, Stop obviously. Name dropping asshole. Just talk about the music. And just, <laughs> I'm looking at their list, and it's just you know. I met them. I met. I met uh, them. I check, met check, them. check, check. Exactly. I met, I met them. Yeah. Does this up? Them. Does this up my cred at all, or no? Not so much. Well, it does. It's just, you're not well-rounded. Let's put it that way. I mean, neither am I, but, um, you know. Yeah. That's, you know, that's how I try to hold you accountable. You know. Well, you know what else no. you know? What? It's time for music news. Oh, yeah, music news. Okay, so we have a bunch of good stories, and Joe, if you want to pull any up, you're more than welcome to, but I have a, a couple for us to, to hit. Uh, we talked last week about Foo Fighters and them wanting to make a concept album, and apparently that's a big thing because I have two stories about bands and concept albums, and like I don't really know what the big deal is with right now everybody's needing to have a concept album. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, whatever. <laughs> they got to do what they got to do. If that's what they want to do, let them do it. I'm not. I'm just going to sound like an asshole hater if I go against it. So whatever. It's cool. It's cool. So Rush want a movie based on their concept album. Um, so that's something they're thinking about and, and working on. Um, and um, Neil Peart said, uh, said to Rolling Stone, to me it would make an amazing movie, and I thought it would happen organically, that by now somebody would have uh, been at my door with a big bushel of dollars saying, let's make this happen, and it hasn't. But we've got the graphic novel done, and we're building the world and the vision of it. It's astonishing to me, really, that someone hasn't come to me wanting it. Uh, I thought, what a great semi-retirement project for the three of us. Uh, because Getty loves cinema, Alex for the soundtrack, and me for the story. But I was hoping that's a project that the three of us would undertake at some point. So they're they're pretty much begging anybody to make a concept album. I mean, a, a, a movie for their concept album. <laughs> <laughs> Please, somebody, Rolling Stone, can you get this out here that we want a concept album? We're Rush. Yeah, we've been around for like 45 I want a years. Movie for it too. I, uh, you know, that just actually struck a thought. I hadn't realized that I, uh, I actually love the the album Discovery by Daft Punk. Yeah. And uh, the, there's a film called Interstellar 5555, which kind of is a story to accompany the album and the music in it. They might have written that album as a story and, and kind of as a concept album. So mm. I take it back. There's one concept album out there I love, if you can consider it that. There's one. Uh, and uh, another, um, uh, Iron Maiden. Uh, oh, no. Actually, hold on. No, not Iron Maiden. Uh, Slipknot. Uh, Slipknot's clown wants... Oh, God. You, you talked about Slipknot last week, and so their uh, their clown wants uh, the band to make a concept album. Um, uh, they said uh, he said um, I've been on Jim Root, and I'm just like, man, we gotta write an art record. We gotta write our wall, our Sergeant Pepper's. I, I'd love it if we could do a double album with interludes, have a concept, maybe make a movie. Things All right, I like Sergeant Pepper's Heart, Lonely Hearts Club Band as well. Yeah, well, uh, those two. 
Yeah, things that have all been done before, but our way, uh, our interpretation, that would be a grand slam for the clown. Don't get me wrong. By the way, the fucking clown's talking to himself in the third person. Fucking sounds like Flavor Flav. Don't get me wrong. We still do our thing. We're still going to be Slipknot. So they want a concept album. <laughs> uh, <coughs> They're going to get it. Uh, of course. You got money, you you do what you want to do, right? So don't do it. And people, I can't hate on that. People will buy it, and they'll continue... Continue well. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a story, Joe? Yeah. Um. Just to touch on a uh, our continued our continuing narration of Foo Fighters, which appears to be our that's our new favorite topic of conversation here on Concert Pipeline. We talk about the Foo Fighters every goddamn week. We can talk about whatever them. excuse we can have. Uh, we talked about how Dave Grohl had busted his leg, um, during the show, and you rightfully corrected me that he didn't play the rest of the show with a broken leg. He went and got it casted. And then came back and played the rest of his show, which is still badass. Um, he's played the entire tour on a giant light-up throne, which is so fucking awesome. I haven't seen that. Oh, my gosh. I got to check that Have out. You, you haven't seen it? No, I got to. Oh, it's fucking awesome. And he's got his purple cast all elevated and shit. It's so great. Oh, it's so great. I need, like, a Dave Grohl news feed on my phone or something. Because <laughs> I, you can just Dave <laughs> Grohl, man. Just look him up. I know. Yeah, it's a... Uh, he he's brilliant. <laughs> he's just and he's so comical. He's he, he'll crack jokes about himself. He'll you know put himself in any light. He he'll, he'll help anybody's project out. I mean, he'll uh, he's great. You know, I mean, his work on the Tenacious D albums is you know kind of makes it takes it from incredible to epic. It's just not, not enough good things to say about Dave Grohl. Not enough good things. I mean, you could talk endlessly about him, and and he's still still more to say exactly nice what you got i got uh iron maiden um they're making a complete departure on their uh new epic song speaking of epic uh and uh so recap is that the uh, bassist steve harris has called empire of the clouds a masterpiece and says it's a complete departure from their previous material the 18 minute track was penned by frontman bruce dickinson and will feature on their 16th record uh, the book of souls their first ever double album will be released worldwide on september 4th and he tells kerrang i think it's a masterpiece actually i think i can say that because i didn't write it it sounds like maiden but it's totally different from what we've done before 18 minutes sounds like a long time but it's actually such a journey that well it's best to just leave it uh, leave the people listen to it and see what they think but it's very interesting it's certainly not boring uh, I think you'll see on this album that there's a lot going on. There's a hell of a lot to take in. I think there will be bits and pieces here that uh, will hit people initially, but I think they're going to need a few uh, a few listens. So, um, what are your thoughts on that, Joe? Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Iron Maiden still rocking, man. In their fucking seventies and shit. I know, right? Yeah, they're they're really cool live too. Have you ever you you're, you probably no never seen no Maiden. no I've never no. seen them. I don't intend to either. No. I'm not a big enough fan to to go out of my way. I mean, the only show I could see them at would be an arena show, and I would do that for a, for someone like Prince. But uh, I just can't give a shit enough to do it for somebody like Iron Maiden. Yeah, I think I've seen them twice. Once at Ozfest and once on their own tour with uh <laughs> with Ronnie James Dio and Motorhead. Uh, rest in peace, Dio. Nice. Favorite uh favorite iron man song or iron man iron man song <laughs> iron man that's a black sabbath but uh i mean i, I yeah. love uh i love run to the hills i love number of the beast those are you know jams that i can listen to over and over again um those are those are my two favorite all right 
Uh, all right, you went with the easy ones, but that's good. I, I did, but there you asked a question, and I gave you an answer that I love those right. songs. Right, you like the easy ones, okay. I do, yes, I like the easy ones, Joe. Good job. Is that is there a problem with that? Sure. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'd, I'd check that out. It's been a little while since I've listened to Maiden. That was more of my youth, but and I feel like at this point in my life, I've kind of moved past a lot of metal music where it's not really my thing anymore there was a time where i really you know liked a lot of metal and got into it um a, a lot went to a lot of oz fests and uh, sounds of the underground tour and that sort of thing but sure 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 but i feel like i've aged past it a, a bit and uh but i but i still would listen i would check out an 18 minute iron maiden uh, song that that's an epic you mean yeah, an epic <laughs> an epic iron maiden song exactly that that's intriguing to me so there you go so check it out Nice. You have another What's story up? for us? If not, I don't have I, anything. I'm tapped out on music news. I have two more. Um, and oh yeah, are they are they as shitty as your last two? They're, oh, they're gonna they're gonna shit t- uh, right past the last two. Okay. Okay. Let's let's get down into the fucking let's get deep down into the septic tank here. While, while we're speaking of metal, uh, Randy Blith. Can you know what band Randy Blith is from? Blythe. You can, I guess that's right. Yeah. So I guess you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we've talked about him a handful of times on the podcast. We love, we love Randy Blythe. I, I love bringing just, Lamb of God. Every time we bring up a Lamb of God story, I just want to bring that story up again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but because uh, he's he's such a character. But um, yeah. So the story is that uh, Randy Blythe uh, says that toning down his screaming vocals on part uh, seven slum. Uh, und Drang were some of the most enjoyable moments he's experienced in the studio and he says that now now that he's older he no longer feels the need to sing aggressively uh, although he did at the start of his career he tells VH1 like the fact that he's interviewing with VH1 is a concern um, at one point yes uh, but I'm 44 years old I've been doing this band for 21 years now on the new record there's some different stuff on there there's one song where it's almost clean vocals and it's me doing it that's the most fun I've had in the studio in a long time. Blitz also says there's never a question the, uh, of the band standing in the way of Chris Adler, who has teamed up with Dave Mustaine and, and company to record Megadeth's follow-up to 2013's Super Collider. So, um, yeah, he says he doesn't care about that. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Lamb of God toning things down. I think that once you find your, your place in, with a band like that, I don't know. Got to run with it, man, till the wheels fall off. Apparently, and he—I mean, he told me when, when was that? I mean, that must have been 13 years ago that he had five years left in him with with the band, and then he'd be done. Um, but obviously, that hasn't—he uh, hasn't kept to that. That was so not the case. He—he—it he, was not a promise he made on concert on uh, concert pipeline or stage ride or whatever that was. Apparently, <laughs> so uh, I think it was concert pipeline. So I guess it was 10 years ago that he said that. Um, but uh, that's Randy Blythe. Um, any comments on that? Any thoughts? No. Good for him. Good for him. And so yeah. the, the only way to end the music news for today uh, is to talk about the Grateful Dead. As as we are speaking uh, right now. The end of an era. The end, the end of a fucking era. As we're speaking right now, they're uh, performing in Chicago, their very last show ever. Um, and so a lot of people have you know, pretty strong feelings about that. Um, and so the, the story is, I mean, last week they did two shows here in Sa- uh, Santa Clara 
and uh, then followed by three shows in Chicago. And I, I, um, I was talking to someone about it last night um, at a party I was at, and um, and he was saying that yeah, it's the the reason it's more expensive for the Chicago ones is because it's that's where it all ended originally um, mm. with Jerry Garcia. So um, indeed. So there's, I mean, people will pay the bigger bucks for um, for the end of the these shows. So. Yeah, they didn't play my favorite Grateful Dead song, so that's cool. But whatevs. Good for them, man. They played all the hits. Everybody was fucking bonerific over it. And they did. And they did. Yeah. Did you watch any of it? I didn't get to check it out, no. Uh, but I, I, uh, the, the, the stream has been reposted, and I checked out a couple of the tracks. It was it was legit. They fu- they still got it, man. They sounded great. It's almost a shame they're not playing anymore. You and I should uh, we should fuck off over to Sweetwater one of these days and watch a few of those, uh, a few of those jams. Because, I mean, they're still going to play together there. They're just yeah. not doing shows as the Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little more jammy. It's a less. It's less. It's more like, you know, tasty jams as opposed to like, hey, we're gonna play a song that made us popular. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, for these shows, Fish, Fish guitarist Trey Anastasio is playing lead guitar and singing Jerry Garcia's songs. Um, and so. Uh, was Haynes asked to participate in the Fairly Well shows, given that he's filled in in the role in the past? Um, it's not something we talked about, um, but I've got a lot of my own stuff going on at the moment. I'm curious to see the whole thing. Um, I'm glad Bruce Hornsby is doing it. I wish there, uh, I could have been there to see it. I'm sure it'll be great, he says. So um, so good luck to them. Um, and, uh, I mean, what a cool way to um, to end the band with uh, right where it ended originally. What an incredible fucking career. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what a fucking incredible, amazing legacy that that band leaves behind. Yeah, no, no, really. I mean, they're really cool. So, um, I, I, I'll check some of it out. Um, as you should, as you should. I have a song I want to play for everybody, Stephen Jones. What do you want to play, Joe? You pulling out your acoustic? Dens. Oh, I, I thought you were pulling out your acoustic guitar. No, 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 no. I want to recommend a song to everybody. Oh, okay. The album is Escape from Evil song is to die in la okay. sufjan stevens had another album come out he did um and did you did you get a chance to listen to it uh i listened to a couple tracks off of it it's pretty cool i was never a huge fan of him um i, I listened yeah, I to know. you've taught you said it over yeah. and over again well i just i don't know he's another one of those i had just when i li- after my initial listen i just didn't give him the you know time to i can't listen to everybody joe i can't i can't i'll just <laughs> you lie um yeah but uh maybe i'll check some of it out and maybe at this point in my life it'll uh, resonate with me sometimes that happens so um so check out stuff jen steven's new album apparently um yeah so we're gonna wind out the podcast here and um we're gonna let you know that we're gonna work on possibly having another interview in the next week, but no guarantees. Uh, I, we just found out that a band that we both like, named Cowboy Mouth, is going to be in town, and it was the first concert we uh, did for for our old show together. It, it was, and it was a uh, first interview. It was it was a fun experience, and we didn't do we didn't actually do the interview. It wasn't an interview. We no, I know, I know. We just interviewed. We just uh, shot some video. We just taped him. We just taped him, and he ran up and jumped in. Well, we did talk to him before the show, though. Did we? Yeah, we we talked to him, and he. I mean, that's why he came up and like put his. He's like, "Woo!" into your camera. You remember oh, the footage? I I don't remember that. I mean, it's it's in a box. 
um, at my mom's All house right. or in well, my, in when my you garage. See it, you can shit bricks at my incredible memory. I, it'll probably never be able to see because it's on SVHS, so I, all that stuff is... Right, aren't you going to transfer all those into digital format and put them up on the net for yeah. everybody to watch? Oh, uh, yeah, that, I was actually going to do that this weekend. Thanks, Joe. You got time. <laughs> yeah, it's not the time I'm worried about. It's the money. Uh, that's... You, got, you got the money. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sure well, yeah, you got the time if you got the money, and you got the money if you got the time. And there it is. So we'll see if we can get an interview with him. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say after that. There so. it is. <laughs> yeah so um so we'll see uh that'd be cool to get to interview him um I d- we did interview him on an old show of mine and uh he's a great guy and he sings and plays the drums at the same time and is from new orleans and uh and how can you beat those that combination so it's the, it is the shit dude they're so good yeah so this is a rock and roll song about a rock and roll band named cowboy mouth love it Oh, falling in love again. Uh oh, falling in love. Do you think they're gonna play any of the the songs that we know from way back? I don't know because you know we haven't listened to any of their more more recent albums in the past ten years. We haven't listened to them in twelve years. (laughs) We haven't kept up. We're just living off this nostalgia, uh, like the nineties. Yeah, they're gonna gonna be like, "This is not good." (laughs) No, they're gonna be great. I'm excited. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, I'll try and work my my magic, but it's a short timeline. I I just found out. Yo, magic! I I saw he was playing a concert over the weekend uh, that was live streamed with a ton of other. Um, great bands like Andrew McMahon and stuff um, and um, and I was like let me you know once in a while I just like to look up the old bands uh, kind of tours and just found out he was going to be here and so um, so I'll see what I can do um, badass and so we're going to end this show with Joe's favorite 90s song the only the only song Stephen Jones I hear it every night I hear it every morning I hear it all the time it's always playing in my head why don't you hit the chorus Joe some well i'll do the intro for sure go for it somebody once i don't know why only one you got to do the whole verse all right i'll do the somebody once told me and then you you take it from there okay somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me he ain't the sharpest tool in the shade he was looking kind of dumb with his finger and his thumb I don't know the next line. In the shape of a fucking L on his forehead, Joe. Come on. I don't know that fucking song. <laughs> I, I know the best part. The you only do. part that matters. You do. You got it. Hey, now, Steve Jones is an all-star. <laughs> getting his game on. It's going to get laid. Oh! <laughs> and all that glitters is gold, Joe. Oh, uh, yes. Only shooting stars break the mold. Yes. For Concert right. Pipeline... Yes, yes, yes. You to you. Go ahead. That's fine. You won. You you won the race. <laughs> to, to end the pod. Go ahead. For concert pipeline. That's Joe Wilson. That's Stephen Jones. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go. Go. In five, four, three. Somebody wants to Make sense of the little
Oh,